Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, the thing that uh, I never get used to, uh, Joey, is the finality of a football season. And unless you win the Super Bowl, um, and even if, if you're in the Super Bowl and you lose it, I suppose, it, it just it ends so suddenly, and it's a sudden-death format, and I think that's what makes the NFL and the playoffs so great. These four games, these divisional playoffs over the weekend, all of them ended on a last play. Uh, four of them, or three of them, ended on a kick. Actually, the fourth one was a kick to send it into overtime. It, they were just incredible games, and, of course, the Bucks season is over after what was one of the craziest comebacks uh, that I've seen that – Still fell short. Uh, we're going to get into all of this and Tom Brady's future uh, as well as the Bucks' uh, fall to the Los Angeles Rams here in the NFC Divisional Playoff game. Uh, Rick Stroud with Joey Knight. I just want to remind you guys, the 18th Annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg is presented by RP Funding. It happens on February 25th to the 27th this year. The temporary circuit is a 1.8-mile, 14-turn configuration using the street circling Pioneer Park, the Duke Energy Center for the Arts, the Daly Museum, and extending onto the runways at Albert Whitted Airport. Visit gpstpete.com for all the race information and tickets. Joey, where to start with this? Um, I would say the start was bad for the Buccaneers, and they were fortunate that they got back in this game because the Rams made a lot of mistakes, uh, that, but they took advantage of most of them to get back in it. We're going to talk about the final um, – you know, drive that led to the Rams field goal in the final seconds, which is crazy for me. Um, but what's your takeaway just in general about, I mean, this this felt to me like, an, an, you know, would have been a comeback of the ages, would have been stuff we'd have been talking about with Tom Brady in, the, in maybe not the same vein as Super Bowl 51 in Atlanta, you know, against the Atlanta Falcons uh, where he came back down 28 to three. But it was close to that, and they let that get away at home which, curiously, half the fans were starting to leave when they made their comeback. Yeah, Mike Evans said he noticed it. He told us at the podium after the game, I noticed fans starting to leave, and I just cannot believe that anyone who has seen had a whiff of Tom Brady's 22-season career would, would leave with that much time remaining in a game. But th- I, I saw them myself. They were filing out when it was about 27-6, 27-13, and then, lo and behold, just the self-destruction by the Rams, and you could just sense it. Momentum can be pretty palpable. It was pretty palpable here. The the I, I think of the botch snap, the shotgun snap to Matt Stafford that gave the Bucks possession. I think of Cam Akers, not necessarily his first fumble at the one-yard line because the Rams were still in command at that point, but his fumble up the gut later in the game that set up another Bucks touchdown. You could just see it coming. And I was just saying to myself, you, you were saying, why are you being so calm? We were sitting next to each other. And I, I just, I just had the sense that this Brady was going to be Brady all over again. And what we were seeing is something that 
New England fans and Bucks fans to a degree had seen for the last two decades. You could just see it coming. And for it to end the way it did with this incredible turn of events in the final 40 seconds, I'm still kind of numb to it, Rick. I, you know, we talk, you talked about the finality of, of this season. Uh, Bruce Arians had a, had a word for uh, the finality in this league. It was a one-syllable word. starts with a B and ends with an H. Uh, that, that was his word for it, and I think he hit the nail on the head. Yeah, he really did. And, and I think that, you know, the season, much like this game, will be remembered for the number of players the Bucks did not have. Um, look, uh, this is an attrition sport. We saw it last year in the Super Bowl when the Kansas City Chiefs got to Raymond James for Super Bowl 55. And they had had so many injuries and replacements on the offensive line that Patrick Mahomes was chased all over this building for f- chased some 500 yards they measured that he ran that night. And the Bucks won 31 to nine. I think it was similar in that you know we have seen this slow drip drip of injuries first on defense, which we'll get to in a minute, and then of course on offense. Even for this game, uh, the backups who were replacing guys like Chris Godwin, replacing guys like Antonio Brown, who was finally uh, released by this team, Brashard Perryman, um, you know, uh, guys that, you know, couldn't make it to this game. I mean, it, it, it was just a, just a slow drip drip of injuries that whittled down this, this offense, particularly on the offensive line. Tristan Wirfs couldn't play. He's headed for surgery. Apparently he has a couple of torn ligaments, one – they said that might be coming from his bone, whatever. Um, and so they started Josh Wells, who also wasn't healthy, and he went in and out of the game. And from the start of the game, Joey, I think the Rams set the tone on defense because guys like Aaron Donald, who they moved around, um, guys like Vaughn Miller, they absolutely, uh, while they only sacked Brady maybe three times, they, they hit him six other times. They batted down a bunch of balls. Tom Brady was under siege from the beginning of this game, and I think that as much as anything is why they got off to a slow start. No question. You wrote earlier in the week, Rick, about how essential it would be for Tom to get the ball out of his hands quickly. And fortunately for the Bucks, he's one of the best in, in the business at doing that. And even then, he struggled to, to get the ball efficiently to guys out on the perimeter just because, because <laughs> there weren't guys out there to get the ball to. You know, at the end of the game, he, he mentioned this. At the end of the game, things were so bad, he had Cameron Brayton in the slot, the tight end, because uh, Tyler Johnson made that real nice catch near the goal line. He hurt his ribs. And, of course, Jalen Darden, who probably would have lined up and played some receiver, the, the rookie today, he suffered what appeared to be another concussion late in the game. So they were down to bare bones. So even with that, even with, even with Lenny back, and God bless him, Lenny had – caught all nine of the balls thrown his way but even still Tom was under such duress that that kind of harassment combined with just having so few of his normal trustworthy guys out there on the perimeter he was off target he was off target a lot early even with the short throws I think you saw that and um and that's what led to the Rams getting off to just such the uh, such a good start 27-3 at one point What's ironic about this game um, is that for the first time, I believe, this season, the Bucks had all 11 starters on defense from their Super Bowl team. And yet, uh, as, as bad and as slow start as the offense got off to, you can at least somewhat understand that because they were missing some offensive linemen, others were playing hurt. What was hard to believe was 
just how this defense had so many mistakes and so many blown coverages. I mean, everybody knows, and I asked Todd Bowles earlier this this week, how do you stop Cooper Cup? How do you begin to stop a guy who, up until tonight, had averaged 10 catches for 120 yards and a touchdown every single time he played Todd Bowles the last three years? Well, Todd Bowles said, you got to tackle him. You can't double him. You got to tackle him. They didn't tackle him. They didn't cover him all that well either. I mean, Cooper Cup finished with nine catches, one below his average, but for 183 yards, including a 70-yarder that they just turned him loose. Again, coverage bust, similar to what they did with Deshaun Jackson in that game in Los Angeles. And then, of course, the most mind-boggling thing of all, after the comeback, after the Bucks finally tie the game, and it looks like it's going to overtime with about 42 seconds or so left on the touchdown run by Leonard Fournette on fourth and one at the nine-yard line. They allow Cooper Cup to catch passes of 40 and then 20 yards. They called a blitz, Joey. I mean, one thing we know about Matthew Stafford, he's very good against the blitz, and it wasn't communicated. And Cooper Cup ran by Antoine Winfield Jr. like he was me. Yeah, and if you look at still photos and slow motion of the play, it is clear, like Bruce Arian said, it was a blitz, but not everybody was on the same page. Devin White looked like he was kind of in no man's land. You had a couple of edge rushers on the left that just were kind of stopped in their tracks. And, of course, the lasting image would be Antoine Whitfield, the free safety, playing center field, somehow letting Cooper Cup get behind him. I still don't know how that happens. You, you, you've you talked about it. We, we've talked about it before we went on the air, but I, I it just still baffles my mind that a, a good safety, one guy's going to be a great safety in this league, playing center field lets that guy get behind him. I mean, just Winfield was, I mean, Cooper Cup had his back to Antoine Winfield down there. Just inexplicable. Inexplicable, and I think a lot of people will be talking about Matthew Stafford in a good way. And Matthew Stafford uh, did not finish the season strong, you know, for the Rams. The, uh, he had had eight interceptions in his final four games until they went to the postseason and they beat the Cardinals. He only had to throw it 17 times. Threw it 38 times on Sunday, completed 28 for 366 yards and the two touchdowns uh, for a great rating. But his comeback after the Bucks had died, look, the wheels were coming off. You're right. We have seen this before. This was the, the monster known as Tom Brady, the guy that nobody can beat. You know, he, uh, you know, it was funny after the game, Sean McVay said, well, can I say it felt like I was in a dream? No, you were in a nightmare. Yeah. Okay. You weren't, this wasn't a dream. This wasn't the kind that you want. You didn't want to wake up from. You definitely wanted to wake up from this one. And Tom Brady was going to do to you what he had done, uh, to, to other teams throughout his entire career uh, and did accomplish it. He got them tied, um, you know, again, with, with mere seconds to go. But it just boggles my mind that, you know, the Rams had one timeout, they used it, and you allowed them, you know, to, to not only get in field goal range, but, you know, a 30-yarder. Matt Gay, before the game, had hurt himself, had done something, and it was reported on NBC and other places that he had done something to, to, to create some kind of problem for his kicking leg. We watched him warm up, me and you did, right before the start of the game. He still was kicking the ball okay. Um, but we saw in the game he was short, short from like 45 yards, which I assure you, Matt. if anything, Matt Gay's leg, when it's, when it's strong, he can kick it a mile. It's not going to be short. 
And that told me that if they just kept them within, you know, a tough field goal, 45 yards or so, it wasn't a gimme that he would make it. And yet they gave another easy 20-yard completion to Cooper Cup that set him up for the 30-yard field goal. And that's the end of it. I mean, the Rams go on. They will they will host the NFC Championship game against their division rival, the San Francisco 49ers, who they could have knocked out of the playoffs in a final regular season game, did not. Um, could have hosted this game had they done that as second seed, did not. But they come on a short week, fly all the way across the coast, and beat Tom Brady and the Bucks, undermanned as they may have been, um, I think, and I had said this before the game, and you were you were you were very calm about this. You thought that Tom Brady would bring them back, and he did. I said if the Bucks found a way to win this game, there would be no way the San Francisco 49ers, as good as they played, would go on the road again into this stadium, and that Tom Brady was going to lose to Jimmy Garoppolo, that guy, and that team that didn't want him. So, more than just you know a game was lost here, a great opportunity to get back to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, for the for the honor of playing one of these AFC teams, which has just been monsters. These games have been great all weekend. And now there's no other way around this. We don't know what the future looks like, Joey, but it doesn't look as good as it has the last two years. I assure you of that. Confetti fell on his head the first year. They brought everybody back, 22 starters. Most of them got hurt this season. Uh, just a slew of injuries, 16, 17 guys on injury reserve. But they, they managed to win a, a club record 13 games in a regular season, win, win a playoff game. And up until now, I believe that maybe Brady would fulfill the 2022 contract and play till he was 45. That's not what he said after the game. That's not the feeling that you get going into this game. There was lots of reports about Tom Brady. And I don't know that they know what the future looks like in 2022. He was very noncommittal, as we expected he would be after a game like this. He's not going to announce what he's going to do right after a game like this. But I kept going back to Aaron Rodgers and what he said after last night's game. He said, I don't want to be part of a rebuild. Now, the Bucks don't have a full-fledged rebuild on their hands, but they are going to lose some key components. They have pushed enough salary cap money down the road to where now they've got to make some difficult decisions. You think of um, Sue and other guys who are on one-year deals. Gronk, does he want to play again? Um, I'm probably Godwin. Jason Pierre-Paul, who will decide on his future after his shoulder surgery. He told us he's going to have surgery on that torn rotator cuff. Then he'll make a decision. Um, Chris Godwin had the franchise tag this year, played under the tag. What are they going to do with him and, and his knee situation? Playoff Lenny was on a one-year deal. So not all these guys are going to come back. It won't be a full-fledged rebuild, but you're going to have a lot of new faces around Tom Brady, and some parts of the team are going to have to be rebuilt to a degree. Does Tom Brady at age 45 want to do that? And I know the guy is ageless. I believe, when, like you, Rick, when he does hang up, it won't be for physical reasons. I believe he probably could play until he's in his late 40s, perhaps 50. I, I believe that. But father time is undefeated, and everybody has a point of diminishing returns. I don't care who you are. you got to wonder now, when does Tom Brady hit that point of diminishing returns? He will be 45 in August. Does he go for it again with, you know, the— difficult roster decisions they must make. I just don't know, but everybody has a tipping point, including Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're exactly right. I think that there's a lot that's going to go into his decision, which we'll talk about 
in just a moment. I just want to remind you guys the St. Petersburg Grand Prix is coming up, of course, on February 25th uh, through the 27th. It's set on the downtown streets of the Sunshine City. It's the 18th annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Pete. It's presented by RP Funding, and it kicks off Florida's spring break season with high-speed excitement. Visit gpstpete.com for race information and tickets. Another racing season is going to start right here in St. Petersburg. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's the thing about, about Tom Brady. Um, and it's confusing because there's the corporate Tom Brady has TB12. They put out a tweet right after the game, which would lead you to believe that maybe he's considering playing again because he talked about, you know, getting past the the defeat and and you know keep going was the was the hashtag keep going. Well, I don't know if that means you know keep going on the TB12 diet, keep going on the plyometrics. Like, does it mean keep going in the NFL? And the only one that can answer that question is Brady, and it's going to be. Not because it's physical. Look, the throw he makes to Mike Evans on the 55-yard touchdown pass could not have been better. I mean, he threw a, 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 an absolute dime um, to Evans for the touchdown, uh, who beat Jalen Ramsey, by the way, in man coverage, and could not have thrown it in there any better. And then when they got the ball back on the fumble that Sue caused, they get Lenny on a fourth and one, runs it in from nine yards, and this game is tied. Tom Brady did not have a bad day throwing the football. He just had a bad day in protection. Um, his problem was that some guys dropped some balls, like Evans early on. Evans ended up ended up uh, you know having a good day. I mean overall, but he had 16 targets. He only caught eight passes. That's not good. 119 yards. Um, Gronkowski had 85. He had just four catches on 11 targets. So between those two guys. 27, 27 targets and, and uh, only 12 catches. So there was a lot of balls batted down, a lot of pressure on Tom Brady. That's, that's why they did it. But, you know, as far as his physical skill goes, he can still spin it. If he leaves the game, he leaves the game on top of his position, right? 5,316-some-end yards, 43 touchdowns, was the most passing yards, the most touchdowns. He has nothing to prove in terms of wins, Super Bowls, no one's going to catch him. But he proved one thing, that at 44, he's as good as anybody in the league right now at quarterback. The question is, what about all the other stuff? His kids are getting older. Um, you know, his son's 14. He's got uh, in, in New York that he had with Bridget Monahan. He's got two kids uh, uh, with uh, his current wife, obviously, Giselle Bunchen. And so who knows how long that as a family they're going to make this sacrifice for him to play. I didn't get a great feeling about sort of him kicking the can. You know, when he signed the contract back in March, it was like, oh, yeah, no, I definitely could play. I could probably play to 150, but I know I, I, I want to play to 145, and this is a good deal for me, and it'll help the team and whatever. Lowered some salary cap money. Now it's, oh, I got to see. We're really, you know, it's day-to-day and stuff like that. I don't, I don't think the Bucks know. I don't know that Tom Brady knows. Um, his wife Probably he's leaning one way or the other pretty heavily, I would imagine. But 
if we saw the last of Tom Brady in the NFL and certainly with the Buccaneers, I mean, what he did in two years to a team that hadn't made the playoffs in 12 seasons, he won 29 games. 29 games in two years and lost just 10. Went 5-1 and one in the postseason. Won as many games as anybody in the postseason. I mean, he's already put himself in the record book. This was this franchise in two years. The question is, what does he leave behind? Did he leave behind enough of a legacy of how to prepare? How to, you know, can that carry over? And I think, you know, for Peyton Manning, they hoped it would carry over, but they didn't get the guy to replace him, and it really hasn't. Yeah, it's all it's all about who does replace him when that time comes, and that person may not be on the roster right now. We know they drafted Kyle Trask to groom him for a year or two, but we don't we don't know if they will go the Trask route or if they'll go out and get get another prominent free agent whenever Tom decides to go. Uh, again, I, I just what Aaron Rodgers said last night really kind of resonated with me. I don't want to be a part of a rebuild, and the question is just how much rebuilding will the Buccaneers have to do in the offseason? Because all the, I mean, the, the band's breaking up now. Uh, just how much of the band is breaking up. That, that's the question, and we'll find out probably in pretty short order, Rick, because I don't think a lot of these guys are going to leave the Bucks hanging. They know they've got decisions to make, and so I think the players will make their own decisions just out of, out of courtesy to the team in pretty short order. The other question I have, I think that Tom's decision – really will play a role in whether Bruce Arians comes back. And I know he's been almost kind of glib saying, yeah, I'll be back. I'm coming back. But if Tom doesn't come back and you've got to rebuild at that position, Bruce is going to be 70 this year. Uh, And we've talked about and you've written about, you wrote a great story in Sunday's Tampa Bay Times about all he's dealt with in terms of his his Achilles tendon and, and dealing with COVID. And we all know he's a cancer survivor does he want to come back and start over with another quarterback? I don't know. So at this point in time, I'm like you. I'm just not sure about Tom Brady. And despite what Bruce Arians says, I'm not sure about Arians. Well, and, and, and you're right. I don't know what Bruce could answer that question when I asked him on Friday on a phone call. If he had said, no, I'm not coming back, what kind of screaming headline and distraction would that have been entering the final, pre- or the final postseason game uh, or the divisional wildcard game? So he kind of was – sort of, you know, left in this on a lurch. But how about this? Not just the players. What coaches are going to be back? Look, Byron Leftwich is is still somebody that's out there interviewing for head coaching jobs, has a great tie with the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's very possible he gets a job. He's a quarterback's coach. He's a former NFL quarterback. Somebody that has a young quarterback like a Trevor Lawrence with his ties to Jacksonville may say, we want Byron Leftwich. Todd Bowles is interviewed for a bunch of jobs as well. Just, in fact, you know, this was going to be the narrative, but people were going to say maybe he spent too much time interviewing and not enough time game planning against the Rams. Okay, that's fair. Um, or maybe unfair, but I get it. Here's the thing. If, if, you know, if Bruce Arians decides, I don't want to go through a rebuild either. I don't want to go through a new quarterback. I'm, I'm going to be 70 years old you know, in October next year, but I want my guys to stick together. I want my guys to stay together. Does he convince the ownership? or Jason Light, or whomever would make the decision, hey, your next head coach is on this staff, and it's blank, right? It's Byron Leffert, or it's Todd Bowles, more likely. And I don't think Todd Bowles, by the way, 
when he interviews, I, I, I don't necessarily, it's like one of those, can he convince another team to hire him? I think he's interviewing those teams as much as they are him because he's been to the Jets and been in a bad situation. So he knows what he needs to win. And one of the things you need is a quarterback, which by the way, if he took this job, they wouldn't have. You know, you, you're down to Blaine Gabbert, who I guess can still spin it. He can still play. He's been a backup now for a number of years. Um, and then Kyle Trask, at some point, they're going to put him out there and see if he can get it done. Um, but he had a red shirt season this year. He didn't dress for any of the games. Um, just all he got to do was practice. So it's a very hard projection for a guy that was at, taken at the bottom of the second round to think that he's going to come in here. But there's still a core here. Like, regardless of the guys you just mentioned, some of them will come back as free agents. You still have a draft. They'll still have some money in free agency, I think. Um, so you, you still have pieces here, and you have sort of a winning pedigree that's been established a little bit. But without that trigger man, without that quarterback, and not knowing who that's going to be, it is a house of cards as we know in the NFL. And you can go years and years as this franchise has done. And that's why I said to everybody, appreciate Tom Brady because nobody knows how long he's going to be here. And the real tragedy is, like I said, that defensively they just didn't hold up their end of the bargain. These games this weekend, by the way, were crazy. Like what I love about football, and, 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 and like I said, the sudden death of it all, but again, three of them ended on kicks. One of them ended on a kick to send it to overtime and then a touchdown on the last play. So all of them ended on a final play. What do you make? Well, let's just run through them. I mean, Joe Burrow, who is a young ascending quarterback, look, they're all in the AFC right now, does a phenomenal job getting his team to the AFC championship game despite being sacked nine times. Oh, yeah, by the way, kickers played a big role in these games, as I just mentioned. Um and so you're going to have, you know, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals against the Kansas City Chiefs, who, Joey, are trying to make their fourth straight Super Bowl. Am I right? No, third straight. Third straight, third straight Super Bowl. We remember when the Buffalo Bills did it four times and it was unprecedented. They've won one, Kansas City has. But to go to three straight Super Bowls? Holy cow, they did not start the season very well. And I tell you, we were watching the end of that crazy game when we finished our writing and we saw just Josh Allen – and Patrick Mahomes going back and forth, and you said it, these guys, they're going to be the face of the AFC in the league. They're going to be going against each other like Brady and Manning. They're, the, they're this generation's Brady and Manning. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, I think, got the ball back with 13 seconds left and took him down, set up, a, set up the field goal. And uh, I, I'm just uh, I'm ready to send a holiday card to, to Robbie Gould uh, from, from here on out, Rick. I, you know, I just had no desire to go to Green Bay in, in, in those conditions. So uh, San Francisco, the 49ers down the stretch, did the Bucks a lot of favors and, and did, did its riders a, a few favors. And, and for the Bengals, Evan McPherson, the former Gator, who, um, who had, some, had some great seasons at Florida but had some critical misses. And he just, he, you know, has a little oozes his – his inner Joe Burrow and says, Hey, I guess we're sending us to the AFC championship game. That's allegedly what he told some guys on the sidelines before he goes out and makes that, makes that game winning kick. So you just love that. You love the swagger of the young Bengals and you can see them being a force for years to come. It's going to be a lot of fun, but I really look forward to seeing that, uh, seeing that Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes duel for, for another decade, at least. Well, and as Steve Burston can tell you, a Cincinnati Bengals fan, Add Joe Burrow to that mix, too, because there was a time, as he reminded me, it was Manning, it was Brady, and Ben Roethlisberger. Right. So there could be three monster quarterbacks in the AFC. If you're the NFC, 
You better get you better find some guys. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, I don't know if he's going to be long for Green Bay or not. That was a total disappointment, by the way, for Packer fan, how they managed to lose that game. So, um, anyway, just an incredible uh, ending to the season. Dramatic, entertaining game, unless you're a Bucks fan. Don't know why you left. If you are in the parking lot, you probably regretted it. But, hey, your Buccaneers weren't able to advance beyond the NFC Divisional Playoff. No, no, no shame in that. And I thought, here's the final thing about Brady. It was interesting to me, he is a zero-sum guy. If he doesn't win the last game, which is the Super Bowl, it really doesn't matter to him because, you know, you're just the first loser if you're second to him. He said, I've lost all these. I've lost in this round. I've lost in the championship. And I've lost the Super Bowl. And it sucks no matter when you lose, whether it's this week, next week, or two weeks from now. Only one team, one team gets to celebrate, and the rest of them all feel awful for the off season, and they just happened to get their uh, papers a little sooner uh, than they wanted to, certainly because it would have been interesting to see them host the San Francisco 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo. We had a whole bunch of stories lined up for that matchup uh, between the 49ers and and the the Bucks and and Tom Brady in particular. So we'll have a chance uh, today to talk to a ton of players uh, starting in the morning around 10 a.m. All on Zoom calls. Bruce Arians will join us as well. So we'll have the post mortem, which is a big day in the NFL. We get a chance to talk about uh, some of the things that went on during the season now that we were wrapping up. I don't expect a lot of answers on some of these things, um, but I'm sure uh, maybe we'll get more on what the hell happened in the, in the last drive, uh, perhaps. Um, uh, you know, it, it just was a, a cold ending for the Buccaneers here, but a great, a great season. You can't always have the confetti fall on your head, um, and now we wait. We wait and see. Uh, what 2022 will look like the rest of 2022 and whether Tom Brady will be back or not. But it's been enjoyable. I've enjoyed having Joey with us, of course, uh, all, all year long and every week uh, doing this podcast uh, after games. Just a reminder, the 18th Annual Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg is presented by RP Funding. That happens this year, 20, February 25th to the 27th. Please go visit gpstpete.com for all your race information and tickets that's going to do it for us from the nfc divisional playoff where the buccaneers have lost unfortunately their season is over and they fall to the los angeles rams 30 to 27 and that is the end of their season so for steve burstick and joy knight i'm rick stroud the tampa times have a great day everybody Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.